0: What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Welcome to The Real Build. I am your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I have a special guest coming from Kansas City, Missouri. He is part of the Charles L. Crane Agency who serves the top 1% of businesses by creating dynamic partnerships between them and the top percent of insurance carriers. He specializes in commercial insurance, general liability, property insurance, work comp insurance, group health insurance, life and disability insurance, bonding, the list goes on and on, very impressive there. Uh, He values time, most importantly, with his wife and his daughter above all else. And some important facts here, he is a diehard Kansas City Royals fan, loves spending time as a youth sports coach, and is an active member of several other civic organizations. He is equally passionate in his leadership role as a member of his community's police advisory board, and he's also a member of the Arte Syndicate. Quentin Lovejoy, welcome to The Real Build. Thank you for taking the time to come on today, man.
1: Appreciate it, Bill. And uh, most importantly, don't forget uh, go Chiefs on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about can
0: I can't forget about that one. Hey,
1: first time in 50 years, baby. We got to do this thing. I'm ready.
0: <laughs> when, I was, when I was younger, man, you're going to hate me for this one. When I was younger, I was actually a 49ers fan in the Steve Young, Jerry Rice days. But you know, yeah, if the Chiefs yeah. if the Chiefs won, I wouldn't be upset about it. I kind of want to see Andy Reid get one. So all
1: good. We He's got the great. kid.
0: Life life is good. We have got the kids. So. <laughs> now yeah. now I'm a Bears fan. I'm back to my all Chicago right. roots. So all right, very good, dude. <laughs> right on. So anyway, what I like to get started with is you know kind of talking about your background. I do this with everybody. So let's talk about who is Quentin Lovejoy.
1: Uh, yeah, so well, first, thanks for having me, Bill. This is awesome. I love doing this. Hope I can provide some, you know, at least one idea, some little bit of value for you know, any of your listeners. Um, you know, just about me, um, man, nothing special. I grew up in a town of 5,000 people, uh, fairly normal upbringing. Um, when I was 19, I married my high school sweetheart. Um, uh, went to college, excuse me, went to college. Um, earned my uh, pre-law degree uh, from Missouri Western State University, um, then went on to uh, secure my master's in business administration. Um, after that, I just kind of did the corporate America thing for a while. Um, my first job out of college was for a, a fabulous company out of St. Joseph, Missouri, um, Herzog Contracting. They do uh, heavy heavy civil construction, um, okay. do a lot of light rail, heavy rail uh, building and maintenance. And it was it was so great working there because uh, I was working with the guys that ran the machinery back when the company was founded in 1969. Those were my kind of my mentors, and, and man, I just fell in love with uh, guys that can build stuff. You know, I mean, I, I'm I'm just not conceptual like that. You know, so people that can look at an empty you know plot of land and say, "Oh, we're going to build this thing here," you know, it just it blows my mind. So, um, had a great time working there. Uh, moved on. I eventually ended up my last kind of quote-unquote corporate gig was at a an engineering firm in Kansas called Black and Beach. Um, I was in the nuclear procurement area. So, Bill, if you ever want to build a nuclear power plant, I can I can hook you up. So <laughs> I, I know how to build those now. So, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> but yeah, man, that's that's uh, just a little bit about me. Started in the insurance industry uh, a little over ten years ago.
0: And, uh, you know, away we went. So, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, if I, I'll definitely give you a call on that nuclear power <laughs> plant, you know. <laughs> right, <No>. right. <laughs> but it's not, it's an impressive background because, I mean, you going through all those different stages in life and learning, I mean, even the building industry too. And, and, and with the business you're in right now, you can relate to so many people because there's so many that's people cool. in my industry also, and, and, or tradesmen in general, because you sure. actually did it. And that's what's important too, because not a lot of people in your in your business in the insurance business can relate. And if you can relate and come in and if you sat down with me, me being a builder and you know what the hell you're talking about, that's a big difference versus the guy. Yeah, if we
1: yeah, absolutely. If we can speak the same language, we we work a lot better. So, um, mm-hmm. that's that's what was
0: so valuable about it. Absolutely. Yeah, which is awesome, man. So, <laughs> I want to I kind of want to go into, you know, let's discuss your business a little bit more. Um, sure. you, you, you being in the commercial insurance world, how did the how did you get involved <laughs> with that company and why did you choose the commercial insurance route over your typical, you know, homeowners insurance and stuff like that? What was your reasoning behind? getting into Yeah, that sure.
1: <clears throat> so uh, uh, a buddy of mine, um, he was working for a, a, what, what's called a direct rider insurance company based out of Minnesota. Uh, right out of college, he started working for this company and and they would go on these lavish trips and do all this stuff. And you know, I'd, I'd see him every few years and we went to his, his wedding. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You know, what is this company? He's like, well, it's a commercial insurance company and we sell you know, and, and I didn't understand any of what he was talking about, you know, I, I, nothing, I didn't understand a thing he was saying, but he's like, you should come work. I'm like, dude, I am not going to be an insurance salesman. Are you kidding me? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, people like insurance salesmen slightly more than used car dealers and IRS auditors, you know? So it's like, dude, I'm not going to be an insurance huckster. Are you kidding me? And he's like, no, it's, it's legit. And he, he, he put me in touch with a, a guy that, Actually, recruited me for three years. I mean, he was, he was on me, um, and and just kept kept. He was just persistent with recruiting me, and uh, um, for that reason, this company specialized in contractors. They specialized in manufacturing. Those were their two biggest things that they were good at. And so he knew kind of my background, you know, with 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 insurance background through my corporate experience, my law background, my business background. He knew that'd be a fit. <clears throat> So finally, as, as, you know, kind of the stars aligned and stuff, the the territory that opened up, uh, was the territory where I had grown up, you know, my, my hometown was the geographic center of the territory. And, um, so I jumped on and I'm glad I did that guy that recruited me. Um, uh, he became a second father to me. Um, he, 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 he did so much for me in my life and got me on, got me on this route. And, um, so I worked there for about seven years and, and man, I thought I would never leave that company. Um, that company trained us so well in terms of knowledge of insurance and, and all that, all that good stuff. But at the same time, when you train someone that well, you know, uh, other opportunities present mm-hmm. themselves. Right. So, you know, crane started in St. Louis in 1885 and, and, and their model is very different in that, Every agent like myself that works with, with Crane, we're not an employee of Crane. I'm an independent contractor, I'm a business owner, I own my book of business. Every client that I sign is mine. It does not belong to the agency. Most most insurance agencies, you know, I sign Bill's tire shop, and Bill's tire shop belongs to the agency, and the agency pays me a commission. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That commission goes down each year. New business renewal renewal renewal. That commission that I make goes down, and so my incentive sometimes, if I'm a typical insurance agent, my incentive to work hard for that company goes down as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so the unique thing about Crane is I get paid the same whether I write your new business or whether I renew your business, and so to me, um, that just that just helps me you know stay motivated, and it helps me um, always keep it. You know my current clients top of mind, you know, because to me, they're, they're the same, they're the same as new clients. So.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if, if somebody came up to me and asked me, you know, to get into the insurance world, I wouldn't have a clue what was going on on (laughs) to a similar situation, man. There's so much involved in it too.
1: Yeah, And
0: over time, I, it's like you, you said though, you having that mentorship and learning, as much as you did really got you to the level that you are now and then also having those relationships and those connections in the in the building world like you did too it was huge and experience
1: absolutely Absolutely. big
0: time so i want like let's get into a little bit too what different types because i i brushed on them in the intro there what let's talk about the different types of insurance that you're doing Uh, just for the listener obviously this show as you know is more directed towards the customer on what to look for too but there is a lot of business people that do listen to this that's why this is such an important topic too so let's brush on those yeah
1: yeah so um i mean like you said my primary focus is commercial insurance you know the the general liability the the work comp the umbrella the errors and omissions uh you mentioned bonding um you know the an increasing threat these days is cyber liability. You know, mm-hmm. if you have customer information, whether that's credit cards, you have employee information from, you know, uh, you know their their health insurance enrollments and all, all these different things. Um, an HR HRIS system, you know, all those things are susceptible to, to cyber attacks, and that's a huge huge growing concern for a lot of business owners. Sixty four percent of cyber attacks are committed against small businesses. So they're not going after the corporate America. They're going after the mom and pop shops, you know, the privately held privately owned companies. So, um, but, you know, just by happenstance, you know, I, I do, a, I do a holistic approach with my, with my clients. And so just by happenstance, I get involved in a lot of life insurance, uh, centered around, you know, estate planning and, uh, business continuation, you know, partners that have buy sell agreements and we fund those with life insurance and stuff. So, um, I mean, our, our agency is very robust. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever's out there that you need, we can we can we can find it. Um, but you know, my primary focus, like I said, is commercial insurance. I insure my mom and dad's house. You know, my mom called me. She's like, "Can you insure our house?" I'm like, "Sure, mom. Why not?" You know, but that's 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 not my focus. That's not what I. I don't even insure my own house. So yeah. <laughs> if that tells you anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said that uh, not a lot of people, to be honest, they and especially in a small business world would be even thinking about cyber attacks and, and securing themselves with something like that too. So, yeah, man. you know, and they're,
1: they're insanely cheap policies too. I mean, they are, they're insanely easy to attain and they're insanely cheap for the liability that they cover these days. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, everybody needs to get with their, with their broker and, and knock out a cyber policy and uh, you know, half a million, million bucks, man, those costs, they cost
0: nothing these days. So yeah, yeah. it's like, you know, most business owners are probably, even if they're listening to this, well, what do I need that for? But then if they're, you're their main, everybody doesn't understand that your main, everything's mainly online right now too. Even if you got QuickBooks, where's it, where's it going? Whether you got the old QuickBooks, that was a software program. It's still going through the internet somehow.
1: Right, right, absolutely. Yep, no doubt.
0: That's like something I never even would have, Most people wouldn't even think of too. So that's, that's pretty cool. Any other, uh, insurance stuff just off this topic kind of going off of that, uh, that you would recommend that, you know, small business owners should be looking for, you know, something similar to that. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, auto liability is a huge, huge thing right now. And I know Mm -hmm. it's particularly huge where you are in Florida you know, Florida, Nevada, Louisiana, these, these states right now are just, I mean, everybody, I even heard President Trump the other day, he was at a, a deal in Louisiana, and he was talking to the, the, the attendees at the event about how crazy the auto insurance rate is, mm-hmm. rates are getting. And um, it's, 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 it's a couple of things, the, the liability is being driven, you know, through litigation and things like that. But that's driven by distracted driving. You know, mm-hmm. we've all got our you know, you can drive down the road any day. People are watching Netflix or reading Kindles or playing with their their GPS or their in dash systems or, or, you know, even the old. I mean, even the old ones of the of the lady putting the lipstick on in the <laughs> mirror or whatever. You know, you see it all. So, so a lot of that stuff's driving the liability side of things, but on the physical damage side of auto, I mean, just look at our 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 our, our vehicles now. I mean, we're, it's like almost Jetsons, you know, level. You know, we've got. Sensors and then cameras and 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 these special resins they make the, the bumpers out of and all this stuff and that stuff's not cheap you know mm-hmm. um, they 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 made all these changes in the insurance in the in the auto industry for fuel efficiency standards and stuff like that and guess what out goes the heavy steel you know and stuff that used to make cars and in comes all these resins and, and where you know when I was a kid you probably bang out a bumper with you know that you bump into yeah. something. Mm-hmm take a rubber mallet to it and bang it out. Right. Well, not anymore. You know, no, you pop a hole in it. To, it's a, yeah, a plastic, to, it's a, it's a $1,200 bumper all of a sudden, you know, and um, you got to replace the center and you got to replace the camera, and <laughs> all that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so that contributes a lot. So, you know, for the business owner um, you know, the best way to combat some of that stuff and, and I'm sure we'll get into it, but um you know, the more, the more proactive you can show your insurance company that, you're, that you are, um, the better uh, view they will have of you, the more, more attractive of a risk you will be to them. So if you're a company owner, if you're a business owner, and you say, hey, we run motor vehicle reports every, you know, before we hire any employee, and then we run them once a year. And we have a cell phone policy that says you can't talk in the cell phone. And we have telematics that tracks all, the you know, all the driving uh, uh, statistics and everything. And we do this and we do, you know, those things. If, if you can work with your agent to show the insurance company that you're proactive in these areas, you can at least insulate yourself a little bit from that stuff. But, you know, if you don't have any of that stuff, then the insurance companies are just going to take a bite out of your backside and say, OK, we're going to get premium from him. Because we need to make up for it for the guy that's being, you know, proactive in his program. So um, there's a lot of things people can do and and, and every one of my clients, we we I, I drill them and drill them and drill them on on being proactive, you know, in those those specific areas. So
0: Yeah, and you're right. It is on the responsibility of the business owner to do a proper background check on licenses and so on too. I mean, if they sure. can't drive a work vehicle then there's probably an issue there. They probably shouldn't be working for you for some Usually other reason.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually there's a problem, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and I agree with you too. I mean, everything's so so expensive on vehicles. I, I clipped my taillight on my truck uh, on accident with my trash can while I was wheeling it out one night and it cracked yeah. it. And then I found yeah. out, all of a sudden the computers in my whole truck started malfunctioning. And then I take it to the dealership and they said, there's a chip in the taillight. Now, yeah. why would you put a computer or some module in my taillight <laughs> right is what they right. said that controls a lot of the front end electronics i'm like why would they put a module you know it's just the technology on these things now crazy, and that's man. where the rates and everything like you said i
1: Absolutely. mean to repl-
0: replace one of those touchscreens is probably 10 grand so it's- oh yeah
1: yeah my, my this past summer my wife clipped uh she was making an ice cream run to sonic for us <laughs> and uh, she clipped the mirror backing out and she came home and she was I busted the mirror and I went out and looked at it and some little plastic off the bottom was busted. And, you know, so I get online, I'm looking at it it was like 400 bucks to replace Mm -hmm. it. I said, sorry, you know, (laughs) (laughs) It, it works fine. It looks fine. Only you and I are going to know it's there. We're yeah. not replacing the mirrors. So yeah, four hundred dollars for a mirror. Yeah. That's what so. I
0: was doing with that tail light too. I was like, "Ah, eh, nobody's going to see." You can't even see the little crack in it. But then moisture yeah. got in it. And Then the whole truck yep. started, you know, shutting yep. down. So I'm just Isn't like, it crazy. Gotta, it's crazy, man. You got to yeah. be kidding me. It's crazy. So Seven hundred dollars later for a new tail light. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um, like I said, as you know, this show's kind of directed more towards the real estate and construction industry, but it, I, like I, I also have a lot of business people, business owners that listen to the show. So, you know, I want to talk about getting insurance for business owners. How would a business owner go about getting insurance? What are the typical ways or stages of doing it? Just, um, from-
1: yeah, well, you know, um, you know, typical ways, I guess, you know, normally, You know, it's some of, most of the time, it's just like anything, you know, a business owner, an individual, you know, you call up your buddy, hey, who do you know? You know, who do you got? Uh, Who do you use? You know, someone from your chamber of commerce or your, your golf league or whatever, you know, Um, but what, what I see a lot and, and and going back to that company I worked for, you know, before I I came to Crane, a lot of carriers and a lot of agencies get involved with trade associations and buying groups, you know, so you might go to your trade association event and they have a recommended carrier. You know, when, when I worked, when I worked with that company, I mean, we had the recommendations of, you know, PHCC and ACCA and NECA uh, Linux, MACNA, NTMA, you know, all, all these, all these big national, you know, uh, trade associations and buying groups. And um, it was just simply based off of, off of the, guys like me and my cohorts in the field, just our knowledge of, uh, their, their industry, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, a lot of times people can call up, you know, I, I have a, I have a client that owns a huge chain of Domino's pizzas, you know, and, uh, they, they have a, they have a trade association, you know, and, and they have recommended carriers. And, and so, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, typically you can find a trade association, a buying group, and they usually will have a recommendation. Um, you know, otherwise, you know, any good <clears throat> any good insurance agent will know what markets, and when I say markets, I mean insurance companies.
0: Mm.
1: Um, they'll know what any good insurance companies for that individual risk. You know, so if you're a roofing company, I know what companies do those really well. If you own a Domino's pizza, I know what, what what companies do those really well. So um just depends on the industry. Um, but that's usually a good
0: place to start
1: is, is ask your trade association, or your buying group, who they would
0: recommend. And that's why they hire you to help them find that perfect. Right uh... on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ideally, yes. Once they figure it out and they need a better policy <laughs> or need to need that guidance, that's when they hire you. That's when you take control there. So you bet. That's absolutely. Yeah so i mean what about you know what is the customer's main concern about obtaining insurance mm-hmm. you know how can you make this process easier
1: Yeah good question um you know the most the thing i get most often you know is is people are just too busy man it's mm-hmm. it's time consuming and it's a time consuming process, you know, Hey Bill, I need your auto list. I need your driver's list. I need your payrolls. I need your, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, you know, shoot me now, please. This this process is just, just awful. And you know what, there's a, excuse me, there's, there's that scientific element to it that yes, there is data that needs to go in and go go out. But you know, what I do, you know, for my clients is, is we're, we're, I run an assessment-based process, okay. And so, before I ask you, Bill, you know, for instance, for a single thing, I'm going to take you through my assessment. I'm going to take you through my process. And normally, if someone's not even willing to engage in a 15-minute conversation that, that answers a few questions, mm-hmm. um, they're they're typically not someone that I'll work with because yeah. um, they, they typically. Um, you know, commoditize the program. And it doesn't matter whether you're drinking, you know, Aquafina or, or Dasani, you know, bottled water, you know, so, you know, so, so what we'll do is, is I have a proprietary process that we've developed and I'll take people through that. And if we arrive at a place where, you know, any number of things can happen, either the questions I've asked them and the process, I've taken them through a lot of times those people will say, well, why are you asking me these questions? What does any of this mean? You know, what my agent's not asking me that stuff before, you know, what, what, what does a, what does a a return to light duty program, what does that even mean? You Mm -hmm. know, these sorts of things, you know, and so a lot of times that process opens up the door for me to come in and do what I do, you know, other times, you know, we'll find a tweak or two, you know, that needs to be made, you know, oh, there might, you know, the entity that owns your building that your company rents from is not named on your policy. Oh, okay. That's an easy fix. You know, should your guy have caught it? Of course he should. Have. But is it, is it a thing where, you know, I'm going to dump all over the guy for it? No, you know, nothing like that. But, you know, if I can provide value and, and give somebody a, a, a tweak or two or some different ideas to go take to their guy that they've been with 10, 15, 20 years, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know but but usually like i said that process um reveals more than a few issues and and um and so i want to make sure that the business owners i work with are 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 willing to put forth you know the good faith effort that i'm going to put forth and working for them and you know if if it's just somebody that's just price shopping or trying to leverage the marketplace or whatever um that doesn't allow me to do my best work and and as you know better than anybody you know When you have my attention, you have my time. When you have my time, you have my money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, time is money for everybody. And I I think just engaging in those transparent processes where um, everyone understands expectations up front saves a lot of trouble and a lot of hassle in the end. So we try to set that up from the beginning.
0: Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree with you. And I like what you're doing there with setting the expectations, having those questions up front, too. But, um, question two, do you, so you actually go through, so if they have prior insurance, you'll actually go through, sit down and kind of look at what they can adjust and what not to help them out or what they're possibly missing to you actually do that. Yeah, Sometimes, saying? you know,
1: a lot of times I do that, you know, um, like I said, my, my, my process, I've developed this over the course of my career. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally just, you know, a series of yes and no, and I don't know questions, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously the more yeses there are, the better off the person is, you know, if there's some no's and I don't knows, and what are you talking about? And I've never heard that word before or, or whatever, then we've got some problems. And, and so that's when those problems reveal themselves, that's when I can say, okay, well, we, we've got these issues. We've identified these issues. You can fix those with your guy. You can fix them with me or you know, we can jump into the more scientific piece of this and, and really get to really get to work on this and let me represent you. And uh, um, so, yeah, every situation is different. And, um, um, you know, it just depends on the, on the need of the prospect of the client.
0: Well, that's that says a lot about you too, is actually you sitting down and being willing to not sell them on anything upfront. You saying, okay, I'll help you out with the process, even with your guy of 20 years, you know, because most people, most most salespeople in general, they want the business and they're going (laughs) to jump down your throat to get that business too. Call you
1: every day, text you every day. Hey, did you get my email? That stuff, you know, what I tell people a lot of times, and it's always, it's always surprises them when I say this is I'm I always say, Hey, I just want to be in second place, Mm -hmm. which is weird, you know, for us as business owners and competitive guys and stuff, but, but it has application in my business because someday you will switch insurance carriers. Mm -hmm. Someday it'll happen. A claim will go uncovered. a A premium will get too high the guy will just make you mad or whatever, you know, someday you will switch insurance carriers. And if I'm sitting there in that second place seat, you know, we've had the relationship, we've built it over those, over that, over that course of time. And, and I'm willing to, you know, just be there to provide value. I have people that call me all the time. Hey, my guys want, my guy has a question about this, you know, and I'm helping their guy, you know, renew his business Mm -hmm. or, you know, let me bounce this off of you. My guy wants to do that. You know, and you know, granted, do I have to deprioritize that stuff? Yes, yeah, sometimes I do. I mean, I'm just like anybody else. You know, I've got I've got bills to pay and, and, and a family to feed. But you know what? This is a service industry, and I'm about service, and I'm about you know taking care of people first. And uh, and I mean, especially small businesses, dude. I mean, I can't insure every company in the world. You know, that, that's fine. There's there's You'd, lo- of you'd love like to, you'd
0: love to do that, but uh, yeah.
1: Right. Right. So, so just give me a, you know, a, a decent slice of it and I'm happy, you know, I can't mm-hmm. share every business in the, in, on the planet. Um, but, um, you know, so, so that's why, um, I'm, I'm willing to do that stuff, you know, and, and most of the people that I work with and that I'm around, like I said, they're the mom and pop shops. They're the first, second, third generation company owners, you know, and to me that, that means a lot to me because there's, there's, multi-generational companies in my, in my family, you know, that have been passed from generation to generation. And so that, that's, that's who I'm out here to serve. You know, I mean, corporate America is not my deal and mm-hmm. I'm out here out here to serve the, the family owned businesses, the people that started the thing and, 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 you know, let's set them up for success for generations to come. So that's what I'm all about.
0: Well, it's being top of mind. And I've said this in a lot of past shows too. It's it's you, you're, you saying being in the second place spot, it's you playing the long term too is what you're sure. doing. You know, because sure. one thing that I don't like, and especially being in the construction industry too, because I get, especially with LinkedIn, I get messages all the time. People just send me the request and all of a sudden it's an instant. You know, you get the message right away being like, hey man, use us for this, this and this. If they actually took the time and said, you know, hey, I know you probably have another subcontractor doing your work, but we do this, this and this, Uh, I'm happy to help you or give you any kind of uh, estimate or quote or answer questions or whatever, which most people don't say that you know right. and then i just want to push them all away and i i instantly un unadd them too because i don't want you know it's just it's like right. you you just said 100% man it's it's i've i've even helped people that are building with other builders right now you know because they've called me they dealt with me in the past i said you know if you ever need i still have emails that go out that say if you ever need help with anything let me know i'm happy to answer any questions They've actually called me and said, "Well, the permits are taking this thing." And he said he's going to do has to do this. Do you think that's right? I'm not going to step on other builders' toes, but right. when something's not right, I'm going to tell them and be honest with them. Absolutely. You know? yeah. So when they go to build that second house, God knows when—ten years from yeah. now—but still. Hopefully, I'll still be around building by then too. So, but <laughs> you, you planted that
1: seed. You, you planted that seed, and it'll it'll grow. And, mm-hmm. and inevitably, that you know what what you put out, you'll get back. You know? exactly. so you put out value, you put out service, you put out humility, and and, and the the spirit of helpfulness. You'll get that back from people. Mm-hmm. So it just it's really not more, any more complicated than that.
0: So yeah, Yeah, exactly, spot on, man. So let's talk about some special insurance programs that can benefit the customer. How does a customer get some of these programs, or what are they? Um, you know,
1: first of all, and I alluded to it. You know, the first thing I would say is just like working with an agent that that knows your specific business or your trade very, very well. You know, um, you know, we we have a I have a cohort at Crane and and he he runs his entire book of business is pest control. Every one of his clients are pest control clients. And I don't know a lot about it. I know some about it. I know enough that I can write a good policy for it. But I mean, you want to talk about somebody that knows pest control. This guy knows it, you know. So I mean <laughs> and and we have another guy that all he does is restaurants, you know, and we have another guy that just does YNCAs and stuff like that. So I mean, I'm more of a generalist in that. I know a lot about a lot of different industries, but you know, if you've got something real niche, real special, then, then you, you, you probably ought to find somebody that, that, that knows that, you know, it's like seeing a medical specialist, you know, if, if, you know, my wife, my wife broke her wrist a few years, a couple of years ago. And, you know, we didn't go to our, our family doctor in our town of 10,000 people, you know, we went, you know, and found the best, best orthopedist we could got referrals you know, called my friends down the city, you know, and, and we ended up with the best, you know, uh, risk hand specialist in the country, you know? And so it was, it's k- kind of the same, you know, with, mm-hmm. with insurance, you know, uh, go, go find this, you know, go find the specialist, you know? Um, and then, you know, if, if, if the agent does understand your industry, they will know which insurance carriers to go talk to, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I, you know, like I said, if you have a roofing company, I know exactly who can do roofers very, very well. If, if you're a plumber, I know who does plumbers very, very well. If you're a, you know, if, if, if you franchise out your, your, your operations or whatever, you know, I know, I know who does, you know, so, you know, that's where the power of the agency itself can come into play, you know, crane where I am, you know, we specialize in contracting and manufacturing, you know, and we have carriers that, that, people sometimes they don't even know they exist, but they're the absolute best carriers in the world for those specific industries, you know? Um, whereas uh, the local guy down the corner that you might see at the golf club that just owns and, you know, Joe's insurance agency, you know, he might have the, the national name carriers that you see on TV hmm. and those are good insurance companies, you know, but there might be something better. And so the, the agencies and the brokers and the people that, that, know those industries very, very well, to specialize in them, um, they're going to have those relationships. And, and that's what crane, you know, Cr- crane is so valuable to me in that regard. And that they, they provide me these markets that literally no one else in my state or in the states surrounding me, none of them have, you know, so, um, you know, we're not, we're not a huge, huge insurance house, like a Lockton or somebody like that, you know, that's the granddaddy of them all, right. But we're, we're right there in that middle ground where we serve, you know, our, our, our niche very, very well, you know, Lockton would ensure like a, you know, like Lockton ensures all the Chipotle restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and like direct TV and AT&T, you know, I wouldn't have a clue how to do that. You know? I wouldn't have a clue how to ensure direct TV or AT&T, you know, but, you know, my, my niche is, is, is just kind of that step down below those companies, you know, and and, and so um, the 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 agency dynamic and the agent dynamic are very very important in in those regards so
0: yeah and i mean you have in that niche too is where you can actually give more a more personal touch to the whole entire thing too to where you can constantly be in communication and that's that's a huge topic we'll get into too and uh, you know, pe- and and people can actually get a hold of you and get in touch because I guess I doubt if they're going with a giant insurance company that's representing AT and T. They're going to get a <laughs> good answer yeah. on stuff. You, you so. usually have a,
1: f- a few layers of bureaucracy to work through. There, you get you know, you get the the low level accounting execs or whatever. So you know,
0: yeah, yeah. The, the rest of them
1: are zipping around. You know, work, mm-hmm. working two days a week, golfing. You know, golfing. Yeah. Weather, fine, so. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. But. So a big question here. So what are you doing to stand out from the rest of the, I mean, there's so many insurance agents out there and and commercial too. So what are you doing to stand out from the rest of them? And what should people take notice of when choosing an insurance agent? Um, Or commercial insurance agent, I should say. Yeah.
1: So you know, again, I did. I alluded to it again. You know, I, I own my own business. I own mm-hmm. my book of business. You know, um, most agents are w two employees that work for the insurance agency. You know, they don't own the book. They don't own their client. Um, you know, that that in and of itself is very very different. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I, I was talking recently a new client that I signed. Actually, I leave from here to go see him later this week in in, uh, in the Dallas area. That was one of the first questions he asked me when we started talking about his program. He said he said, you know, who who owns my business? And I was like, "Oh, well, well, what do you mean?" He said, "Do you own your book or does, you know, somebody else own it?" I said, "Oh, no, I own it." And that question in and of itself opened up the door for me to go write his business. You know, I'd, I'd never been confronted with it like that before. Yeah, yeah. And it just it made a difference to him, you know, because he's a fourth generation, you know, business owner and and he wants to know that that, you know, he's not just another, another thing on a, on a, on a whiteboard, you know, in in a sales manager's, you know, office at an insurance agency. So, um, he brought that up and, you know, so that, that in and of itself, you know, um, helps me stand out. But, you know, like I said, that, that process that i talked about earlier, you know, it's taken a long time to develop that process Mm -hmm. and to really know, you know, having worked for an insurance company before and been trained by an insurance company, I, I, I understand how they think. I understand how rates are calculated. I understand what their, what their perspective is on things. And I, and I understand how insurance companies make their money and, and what language to speak to them to really secure the best program the best pricing. I understand all that stuff because I was trained by an insurance company, a very, very good one, you know? And so what my process does is it reverse engineers all of that, you know, because the easiest thing to do, well, let me take that back. The hardest thing to do in the world is to change an insurance company's mind. Mm -hmm. You know, once they have their mind made up, they are decided, you know? So the key is how do we make their minds up for them up front? You know, that's my job and my job. And to do that, that's what my assessment does. That's what all the questions I ask. That's what they do. And and so that really has has helped me stand out. You know, usually they'll. I mean, I I tell I tell my insurance buddies all the time. They're like, we talk about who you know insurance nerds sit around in a a bar and they talk about you know what's your close ratio, what's this, what's. I tell guys, I'm like, man, I don't really track my close ratio because if I can get in the door, usually that's the biggest game. Mm -hmm. You know, usually it's just game over. If I can get in the door, if I can convince you to let me in the door to have a conversation typically it's game over because number one, we set those expectations. Like we talked about up front. I've under I understand that you're not just a price shopper. You know, you're not, you're not looking for low buck Chuck to come in. You know, that that's not my game. Right. And then, you know, we've, we've set those ground rules up front and we're working really well together. Then we go through the process, you know, and that really solidifies things. And then it's just kind of formalities from there. I mean, that's, that's really how I set my set up my practice. And, um, um, it, it just it, it works, man. And, and that's mm-hmm. how that's how I stand out. It's, it's just the process and, and the relationship that starts from the very beginning of open communication, transparency. And, and let's let's work from here. So Yeah.
0: Some of the most important things, open communication, building that, like you said earlier too, setting the expectation up front, which, you know, and then getting through the door is one of the most important things, obviously. But once you're in through the door, you gain that trust and then you there's no you're up front. I mean, you're saying yeah. I'm not going to be the cheapest insurance guy. If you're looking for the cheap guy, then right. you know, good luck to you. Because more than right. likely, you know, gonna-
1: my, my, my favorite people to work with and my favorite prospects, the people that go to the top of my prospect list are the guys that say, Nope, we're happy. We've been somewhere 20 years. Mm-hmm. Great. That's exactly what I want to hear. Because if I can ever get in that door, I know I'll find something. Yeah. You know? And like I said, well, you can either fix a thing or two. Or they're going to be saying, "Wow, this has been broken for 20 years. If that's not cool. Let's have a bigger conversation." You know, so, <laughs> um, so that that's what that's that's uh, that's who I like to work with. People who yeah. think they're
0: happy. <laughs> well, I, I mean, and that's that's the right mentality to have in any business too. Because if you can just, like you said, keep yourself in that second place for these people that have had and been loyal to somebody for 20 years. You know, it's, and that's the way, like I always bring this up to people that contact me. They want our business. Some of them are pretty persistent too, you know, but we're pretty loyal when it comes unless, you know, a subcontractor really screws us somehow, (laughs) you know, but we, we maintain our subcontractors pretty good because as long as they're doing good quality work, that's what we're all about as a business. And we're not going to kind of go somewhere else unless we see the price keep jumping too and stuff like that. But it's like you said, eventually... You know, something is going to happen. You don't know what. And then you're going to have to use somebody else. So right. who are you going to use? The guy right. that's been there waiting, not pressuring you, not, you know, and he, and telling you that he can. there's stuff that he could come in and fix, but yeah. he's standing back and saying, okay, I'm not going to step on anybody's toes. That's the first person that's going to come to my mind. That's the way that's I cool. like to deal with business too. Like, and I do yeah. it the same way as you. I just people that are pressure sales, man, it just, it'll work on some people, but people like me, it just drives me nuts. That's so. not me. And,
1: and I, be, I beat myself up. You know, honestly, I beat myself up about that. I'm like, man, you're always, you're always, you know, kind of laid back and being a nice guy. And, you know, I see cohorts that write more business than I do. And, and, you know, I just had this conversation with the president of our firm the other day. I, I told him, I'm like, Tom, look, man, I'm like, I know there's guys here with bigger books than me, and I'm. I know they grow faster than I do, and I know that you know, um, you know they, they they make me you know kind of look bad for bad, lack of a better term. I said, mm-hmm. but you know, let's let's see where they are in five years, in ten years. You know, uh, this is like you said, this is the long game, man. And mm-hmm. I, I told him the other day, I said, look, every piece of business I write, it's going to be within the customer profile that I want to that I want to work with. It's going to be written correctly. Mm-hmm. It's going to be written ethically and morally. I said, I've never had an errors and omissions claim on my, on my, you know, in my career. And I'm proud of that. I've got buddies that have had, you know, it's like a bodily function, you know? And, mm. and so, <laughs> so that, that's just not how I'm going to do things. And uh, um, so, you know, those things, they, they do make a difference to people, I think. So.
0: Oh no, big time. Cause people are going to see that too. And it's, it's the trust factor. If you screw right. up. And that's the way any business person, you screw up, then you being in business too, you're going to evaluate, well, what the hell, you know, it's like, and then this guy's doing it this, all right, well, maybe I got to go find somebody else. And then he's waiting there for the second person, you know, and it happens all the time. It's just, you're playing, you playing the long-term game over time. And I'm sure you're, you're, you're the guy, your head, your boss is probably, he probably knows I mean, he did the oh, same does, thing. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, he did the same they're, thing they're to ready. do where, get where he's at. I'm sure. So it's right. just over right. time. They, that's they
1: recognize it. They appreciate
0: it. So, yeah, you know, yeah. And anybody, everybody should too. I mean, I'd rather have somebody that I, you can trust and you know isn't going to screw up over somebody that's just it, it's like a you know a pit bull on you trying to get your business. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know. Right. Uh, so anyway, um, so. This question can be kind of broad. I, I mean I want to kind of just ask and see if you could answer it in whatever kind of way. What do insurance rates kind of look like, and how can somebody get the best rate on insurance? and I know that's kind of broad. It might be through you and what your search is, but just for the customer sure. to be to get a little bit more understanding on that
1: Yeah, so you know it, it depends on what we're talking about you know um, like in the in the world of work comp right now. Um, man, medical care is getting better. We're getting workers back to work quicker. You know, um, care, care is much more streamlined, you know? So, so right now work comp rates are really, really good, you mm-hmm. know? And, um, and so, um, you know, so that, that's, that, that's one area that, that if, if you haven't, if you haven't taken a good hard look at your work comp for a while, then, then now would probably be the time to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's two big headaches right now for, for insurance, uh, for, for business owners. And I I mentioned, you know, the auto rates, you know, liability, physical damage, all that stuff. Um, but the other thing is property rates. You know, we've, we've had a lot of catastrophic property issues in the last couple of years, you know, fires in California, hurricanes where you are, Mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. And whether, whether I like it in the middle of Missouri, you know, whether I like it or not, I have to. I have to help insurance companies offset that somehow, you know, because, you know, insurance, insurance companies are really good at something and it's, it's, uh, it's called, it's called making money. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to lose money very often. So they're they're going to find ways to hedge against those catastrophic losses. You know, I was was looking at a chart the other day and it showed where, uh, the last three years have had more catastrophic losses than even after 9-11, you know? So, Just put that in, in, in perspective, you know, all the law, all the property and everything that was lost in 9-11 compared to some of the natural disasters we've had recently. Um, these natural disasters are making, you know, nine eleven, 11 in terms of property loss, you know, it's, it's, they're just overshadowing it big time. Mm-hmm. So, um, all of that has an impact on us, you know, um, you know, how can someone get the best rate, um, you know, I, I referred to that earlier as well, you know, the, the proactiveness, you know, with what you're doing, you know, driving policies, what your discrimination and harassment policies are, MVRs. are you a drug-free workplace? I know that's a struggle sometimes in the contractor world, you know, any, any blue-collar, you know, heavy blue-collar industry is going to have problems, you know, in, in those respects, but it's better to address those things and at least have the company policies in place before you're doing a deposition. You know, I mean I mean I, I do. I, I work with I mean I work with contractors all over the place and they're like, You should come try to hire a drug-free guy in my industry. I'm like, look, I understand. I get what you're saying, I do, you know, and in the in the society's, you know, relaxing view of, of, of marijuana use and different things, I get it. I understand the reality on the ground. Okay. At the same time, if we can hedge that as business owners you know, against that eventuality that we're going to end up on a witness stand or in a a deposition. You know, Mr. Ryman, did did you have a drug-free work policy? Well, no, you know, we hired people. Oh, really? So the guy that you hired went in and stole, you know, this merchandise or assaulted that homeowner or did that, you know, whatever, you know, all of a sudden now you look bad, you know? So, but if you're able to sit there and confidently say, yeah, we had a policy against drug-free, we drug test every year, you know, we, we do these things. We monitor social media. We do this stuff with, for our employees. And he violated the policy. You know, that's a much easier thing to talk to to an attorney about than just say, "Yeah, we didn't have it in place, you know. So um, return to light duty, that's big, you know. And, and that's, that's so big for a lot of my contractors. You know, the guy back strain, you know, whatever. It's crawling around on the ground doing stuff, you know, has a strained muscle. Guess what? It's better to pay him to come in and push a broom, or answer a phone, or file some paperwork than it is for him to sit at home on the couch Mm -hmm. during daytime TV when the trial attorneys are running all their ads on on television, right? Have you been injured on the job? You know that's the last guy you want talking to your employee, you know, Mm -hmm. because because so if you can get him back to work um, uh, from from a return to light duty perspective, that's so huge because in most states in most states, say, for instance, you had a $100,000 work comp claim. If it's a medical-only claim, you can reduce that by 70% that's reported into NCCI, and that impacts your your experience mod Huge. So, the more indemnity, meaning the more paid time off that that person has, the worse off you are. The more more medical-only you have, the better off you are. So, if you have those policies in place up front, um, a lot of a lot of your contractors, you know, really need to look at their subcontractor agreement. You know, look at look at the the language in your contracts between you and your subs. Who assumes the risk? Who takes the risk when? You know, are you requiring them to provide certificates of insurance? If you do, is it to the level that you are insured to? You know, what what are you? You know, what makes all those things? All these things? All these little things? Like I said, the reverse engineering process. What makes you stand out? You've asked me what makes me stand out as an insurance agent. What makes you stand out as a company, as a business? Mm-hmm. What makes you stand out to the insurance carriers? You
0: no. know what
1: I mean. So, what makes you an attractive risk? Um, you know, there's, there's, these, these are these questions. These are these issues that I constantly see that business owners just are not being asked, and a lot of business owners leave so much on the table. Um, in terms of coverage and premium and protection, uh, because they're just not being asked these questions, and they're not being they're not being marketed properly to the insurance world, you know. And so, if if that's how you get those best rates, man, that's that's how it happens.
0: No, it's that's huge right there, too. It's in in you being in the business, you asking the proper questions like you are, too, and making that business owner understand it more, too. That's that's the most difficult stuff as a business owner, even in a construction industry. Half the stuff you're like, do I even need this? What do I need that for? What do I need this for? You know, and me being in a family business, too, and and, then having my dad, who's as old school as he is, you know, and like, what do I need that for? What am I spending money on that for? You know, it's just, it's, right. it's, and you hear it, and, but because it's not explained well enough to, uh, you know, to, to these business owners and you being able to explain it in a way. And like from the beginning, like we talked about, you being involved in these industries too, gave you a better perspective of it and what's, sure. what should be required too, which is huge. Sure. So. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. what about cost associated with obtaining insurance? Is there a typical cost or amount that people to start? I just so briefly, so people know that it maybe are getting into the construction industry.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, it depends on the policy. You know, most policies have a 10 pay or 12 pay option. You know, of course, insurance companies love it. If you pay all up front, If you can do that. If you've got that cash around, you know, by, by all means, they'll give you a hefty, I've got, I've got clients that pay their entire premium up front and man, they get some pretty, some pretty uh, good looking discounts for doing that. So, um, and then, you know, just depending on the carrier, you know, your down payment's usually 10% or 25% of the annual premium, you know, and sometimes that depends on how you want to pay. You know, some of my pay- clients pay monthly, some of them pay quarterly, you know, and the down payments are affected by all those, you know, so um but, but your question is interesting because I always hear that. Well, what's it going to cost? You know, mm-hmm. How much is my insurance? You know, and, and, and I hear that a lot. And it always makes me kind of laugh because people think of their insurance cost as their premium, right? And that's it. Well, that's only a third of the equation, man. Your, your insurance cost, your insurance spend is your premium plus your deductibles plus uncovered claims. I mean, if you have a $100,000 claim that's uncovered, your insurance costs just went up a hundred thousand dollars. You know, that that's the way I look at it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the calculation. And, and that's, that's, that's just, that's, that's key to consider, not just from, you know, your cash flow and your, your, you know, that that has an impact on your job costs, obviously, you know, and your accounting and all that stuff, you know, have, have, if you had a hundred thousand dollar uncovered claim, you know, are you going to attribute that all to one job, you know, and show a loss in that one job? Or are you going to, you know, that's, those are questions that CPA. And guess what? Now you get to spend money sitting down with your CPA and figuring out that stuff as well. So, you know, if you're thinking about it from a work comp perspective, you know, um, if there was something that we could do to lower your work comp mod, just two or three points, those two or three points represent real dollars, you know, and that could be the difference between you winning a bid, winning a job or not. So, you know, th- these little bitty things like that, you know, it's what a lot of agents fail. A, they fail to understand it. B, they fail to communicate it to their clients. So you know they, they leave a lot on the tables um, sometimes. So um, you know those those are the those are some of the costs associated with insurance. You know it can be as little from you know that old topic can range from you know down payments to losing jobs because we 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 had to you know spend that extra little mutt, that extra little premium on work comp you know mm-hmm. for the year. So. Um, so yeah,
0: it's, uh, I mean, and it keeps going back to the same thing, which is communication you know, and that's the thing of being upfront with the client too. And that's, that's where I wanted to get into this question too, because every, every insurance agent should provide exceptional customer service, as you know, by extensive professional communication with every customer, how are you communicating better? Uh, to the customer, you brushed on this. Let's go deeper into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, my support team, man, they make me look so good. Um, they're, they're they're incredible. Um, you know, we, we understand. You know, we're talking about contractors here. You know, we understand. You guys are fast paced. You're you're 100 miles an hour. You're on the road. You're in the truck. You're on the job site every single day. You don't have time to sit around and wait for a certificate of insurance, right? Mm-hmm you don't have time to sit there at the bid letting and decide, you know, do I, is my bond issued or is it not, you know? So, so, you know, that starts, that starts up front with us by we review COIs, you know, routinely, you know, Hey, Bill, you know, ABC sub, you know, do you need that one anymore? Or, you know, Hey, you did work for this church two years ago. Do you still need that COI? And that's, that's just all efficiencies. That's just all processes to improve efficiency. Okay. Cause if we have to dig through all these certs, you know, they're hard to find, but if it was a one-off job that we can get rid of 10 of those out of your file, that we don't have to worry about those anymore. Guess what? Now all of a sudden your, your process goes much more smoothly. And guess what? Your insurance company is also more comfortable because every time you issue a COI, that's exposure, man. That's either direct or third-party exposure. And if, 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 if you're, if you have less exposure, guess what? the insurance company loves you even more. So if we're weeding out COIs and getting those off the books when it's appropriate, man, guess what? It's another proactive step you can take to to really help your business. You know, um, so, you know, COIs are so important. Um, You know, I have a number of clients that that we sit down every single quarter and we review payrolls, we we review revenues, and, and we adjust midstream. You know, I have some clients that just say, I don't even want to mess with that until renewal time, you know. But I have other clients that are so cash flow sensitive, they're so budget sensitive that we sit down every quarter, and if we can adjust their payrolls and their revenues and their GL receipts and all this stuff, we can adjust those real time. Then it really helps them remain cutting edge, competitive with mm-hmm. you know their cash flow and, and bidding those bidding those projects. So, um, you know. And I guess the, the, the final thing, you know, I would say in, in terms of customer service is just, and claims reviews are so important, man. Um, at a minimum, we, we review open and ongoing claims with our clients, you know, at a minimum on a quarterly basis. Depending on the client, we'll review them on a monthly basis sometimes. Um, I'm helping a, a friend that's in the, that, that's in the syndicate he owns a a, a big company and he's had a a claim hanging out there for three years. And he sent me the, the fact scenario. He sent me all the notes from the insurance carrier. He sent me all the notes from the, the, uh, the, the agency. And, and I've, I've gotten with my legal team and with my claims review team. And I've said, guys, they've missed a lot here. You know, what Mm -hmm. is going on? And we're, we're giving him some feedback. You know, what would we have done differently in this situation well, we would have engaged the insurance company directly. We would have ensured the communication was effective. You know, we would ensure, you know, all these different things that went on on this basis. And this thing's been open for three years. It's been impacting his mod for three years. And guess what? If you have a claim that's been open for three years, it gets closed today. Guess what? It hangs around your mod for another three years. So now all of a sudden, you know, Bob employee gets hurt three years ago. Then it hangs around for another three years this Bob's hung around for 10 you know, almost a decade now. And he quit working, you know, 60 days after he started, you know, was on that job site. You know, I see that stuff all the time and it just, it just drives me nuts. And so from that customer service perspective, man, those claims reviews, those payroll reviews, those COI reviews, all that stuff is so crucial. And, um, uh, you know, and it, it just, it just helps, you guys so much you mm-hmm. know run your business and do what you do even better so that's my goal is to help my clients run a more effective
0: business so yeah and then the, it's that's i mean that's is the best communication possible is you as an insurance agent always looking at that stuff for them that's what you are you know you should be doing and yeah. being every communicating every quarter like you said too is is unbelievable and to save them some money here and there maybe tweak something that's going to get it a little bit better you know, cause yeah. not a lot of insurance agents do that. They just do the yearlies, you know, and they'll come around a year later. Or
1: yeah. Whatever. Yeah. We, we, we call it the money zone, you know, mm-hmm. nine, we call it the money zone and the money zone is 90 days before renewal.
0: Mm-hmm. And guess what?
1: 90 days before renewal is when the, we all start banging on your door. Yeah. Right. Hey, Bill, you want to quote this year? You know, this kind of <laughs> stuff. And, and, and that's when your guy shows up, yeah. you know, Oh man. Yeah. I haven't heard from him. Yeah. He sent me some popcorn in the calendar back at Christmas. I remember <laughs> that, you know, but, and, and that's, that's when most agents do their best work is in the money zone, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not, you know, I, I just, I don't speak that language, it just doesn't work for me. So, you know, all my clients have my direct cell phone, I've handled calls on Christmas, I've handled calls on Thanksgiving, you know, I've been out to, to claim situations, you know, on Saturday evenings, Sunday mornings, you know, whatever. I've been out there and, and my people know how to get a hold of me 24 hours a day. And, uh, and man, my, my support team behind me, uh, that that's where the real value is, is, is in those, those guys. Cause you know, they, one of my, one of the guys on my team, he literally wrote the book on work comp. He's literally written a textbook about work comp. So, you know, I can, I can take his ideas and guess what? It makes me look really good. And so, um, as, as much as I know about work comp, I've not written a book on it. So, you
0: know, <laughs> So I, I, and I always like going into this too, off of that topic with the communication. So I mean, obviously, with you guiding customers through the process, that that's a big part of communication too. So sure. let's let's talk about your long term angle with customers a little bit more. You know, obviously, you know, building long term relationships with every customer mm-hmm. is huge. I talk about this with every business owner that comes on this show. So, sure so what what do you offer that others don't that customers need to pay attention to prior to you know, looking for an insurance company or or so on. How do you play that long-term with your customers?
1: Yeah. I mean, this is where I usually get my soapbox out and stand on it and stomp (laughs) my feet a little bit, you know, Um, you know, because insurance agents have have sold policies as a commodity for way too long, you know, and, and, and we have conditioned our clients and, and buyers of insurance. We've conditioned them to do it the same, to do the same. You know, and that's, that's our fault as an industry. That's our fault. You know, it's Coke versus Pepsi. What's Mm -hmm. the difference? It's all the same. Right. I hear that all the time. And that just, that just, you know, you know, and so I always tell people, if you get even just a whiff of your guy just doing insurance, the same old boring way, like I talked about here, Bill, fill out this application, you know, get me your stuff. You know, if you get a whiff of that, man, just chances are, you're going to end up with what you've always had. You know, it's going to be the same experience with the same guy. And, but if if you can find a person that's going to take the time to understand you, your business, your company culture, you know, I, I, I've been to some of the best company cultures, you know, Sean Henry, EHS in in Florida. I know you've talked to him. Mm -hmm. I spent a day down there with him and I'm still out of breath. I mean, and, and, uh, and that place is just popping. The culture is great. Christian Leanne Saunders, they're they're in the syndicate with me. I spent a day, I spent two days with them. Those people, you know, they put me up in their house. They're they like, oh, don't stay in a hotel. You're gonna stay at our house, you know. And that's just the cult, the culture within their company is like that. You know, it's family. You know, Andy Aranda. I was spending, he's here in Las Vegas or he's here in San Francisco. I was in their office yesterday, man. And they're they're just their culture is just so good. And mm-hmm. and so if insurance carriers can understand. You know, hey, we're a great company, but we're also a great culture. Man, I mean, that, that's it's so money. Your core values, you know, I, I put Sean's Henry's, I put his company's core values in my cover letter that I send to my insurance carriers for him. You know, and that makes a difference to them when they see that kind of stuff. It mm-hmm. makes you stand out. It makes your company go to the top of the stack for that insurance carrier. You know, makes the, the average insurance carrier gets ninety submissions a month. You know what? And they're a person just like you and I, and they have families and they want to go home and nuke their supper and have a nice evening with their family, just like you and I do, right? But man, you get a stack of 90 90 insurance submissions and you you look at that, you know what? At the end of the day, there's a human element and you're just going to go through there and you're going to hand out quotes, right? But if you get one of my submissions and I've got a cover letter that's six to 10 pages long that talks about your company and your core values and your culture and your proactiveness and your experience. And Hey, Andy Aranda has been on the cover of my Vegas magazine twice. And his wife is this rock star, you know, business owner and all this stuff, you know, that makes a difference in these insurance carriers, dude. And that's what sets you apart from your competition. Like I said earlier, if you can stand apart from your competition in these insurance to these insurance companies, man, that's where insurance stops being a commodity and it begins looking like an, another tool that's in your tool belt. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you can use it as a, as a resource. You know, recently I was doing a policy review for a company and they, they ship high value electronics all over the country, right? And they have to charge their, 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 their customers, they have to charge them for the UPS insurance, right? And it was costing them like $1,000, you know? So, hey, here's a, here's a bid for $10,000. And guess what? You can insure it for another 1,000 through UPS. And so that's just the way it was always done in their industry. That's how every one of my clients' competitors do, it, do the same thing, right? Well, I, I took over their policy. I'm reading through their policy. I'm like, hey, why, why are you charging people for shipping out those, those tablets, those phones, all that stuff? Well, we have to insure it. I'm like, right here in your policy is property and transit coverage. And guess what? You've got $50,000 at any one time that you can insure those and not charge your customer for it. Right? So all of a sudden now they've got a competitive advantage against all of their competition. They're saving their clients money. That helps them make more money. When they make more money, things are better for the business owner, things are better for the employees, things are better for their, you know. So that's the difference between a commodity that you have to buy an insurance policy and really having something that's a tool that you can utilize to better your company, better your employees' lives, you know? And so now this client, man, he, he's like, we've had this policy 10 years. Why have we not been, I'm like, bro, I can't help you. I can't answer that question. Let's go call your other, your old insurance guy if you want. We'll ask him why he didn't catch this for 10 years. you know." but guess what? We caught it. Now you have a profit center in your company. Now you have a competitive advantage against your competition and life's great, you know? And so that's that's valued beyond just an insurance policy boat anchor that sits on your shelf, you know, for 11 months out of the year, you know, that's, that's, that's the difference for for people so often.
0: No, that's he, everything you just said there was so spot on too, because I mean, cause you're, you're not acting like a typical insurance, you just some typical insurance guy that's, you know, comes in, you know, once that 90 day mark, like we talked about, or at once a year, happens you're you're actually going above and beyond for these people and then you also the core values well you establishing right off the, the bat actually going all in on you know what you're doing for the customer and 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 going above and beyond there with the core values and so on uh, sure. talking, you know, like with Sean Henry's place too. Yeah. It is in company culture. That's pretty unbelievable at that place with the bright green walls and yeah. all that stuff too. I, I still got to go visit there. I told him I would, I definitely oh, want man. to.
1: But buckle up when you do it. will yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's like, you got to come up here, man, and check out the place. I was like, yeah, definitely. But
1: absolutely do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just awesome to hear what you're saying though too, because I mean, not, not many people in your industry, have that attitude towards it. It's more, and it's in a lot of industries. I shouldn't even say your industries. And I've said this before. It's more about this Absolutely. and not about yeah. the overall factor of helping somebody and helping a company get covered the right way. And right. so, right. you know, right. just just hearing what you said, you know, and people that are listening to this too, they'll probably get more of a trust factor in you too because you don't hear that in sure. your industry. Sure, for sure. Appreciate so, that. Yeah. So what, so I like asking this questions too. So what were some major challenges that you have faced in the insurance? In the, the, what are some major challenges you have faced in the insurance industry that affected your customers? You know, just briefly hit on a topic. How can we as business professionals prevent these things? So yeah, just absolutely. throughout your own career.
1: Um, you know, particularly over here on, on the independent side, you know, when I have multiple markets, I can go consult for on, on behalf of a client. You know, a lot of a lot of guys like me, we, we well let's 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 put it in your language, okay? How successful could you be in your company if you could block out all your competition? Or you could go in on a job, on a project, and maybe on a bad day you might have one or two competitors. You're mm-hmm. you man, think about how great life would be. That would be great. That'd yeah. you know, be awesome, right? <laughs> Well, guess what? It's it's not only it's not only condoned in our in my industry, but it's it's kind of the common practice, right? Mm -hmm. So if I want to, I'd never ever have to compete again in my life with all my existing clients. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Because during that money zone, 60, 90 days before renewal, I can send your business out to every single carrier that I have available that would write your particular type of business. And no matter how good my submission is, no matter how quality the information I submit is, I get, the, I get that insurance company. So if I have 10 insurance companies, you know, if you own an ice cream stand and I have 10 carriers that will insure ice cream stands, I send your submission out to all 10 of those companies. No other agent in the world can come in and submit that, that information to that insurance company. I've insulated myself against all that competition. And that that's a huge thing that really, we call that moating, building a moat around yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I see it. I see it happen all the time. The only way you can rectify that is I have to come in and have an awkward conversation with you. Bill, I wanted to go to this company, but your current broker sent it out and he's blocked me out of that market. And I can't. And you've got to sign this piece of paper giving me permission to have that quote. And then we call that a broker of record. And then I become the broker of record on that market. And then your current guy calls up and says, well, Bill, I was going to, you know, that was going to be my best one. We we're going to have, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden you're the bad guy. You're in the, I mean, come on, man, what are we doing here? You know, that is the biggest thing to me. That's the game, dude. And, and that's, 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 it, it does such a disservice to the client, um, When an insurance agent builds a moat around themselves, never has to compete because then guess what? Any other legitimate agent that comes in that might be able to provide a good program, they don't have the options. And so now all of a sudden the current agent can just say, okay, I've got 10 insurance companies, which one's paying the highest commission right now? Okay. That's the one I'm going to pick or which one am I on the precipice of earning an incentive trip or a Rolex or something like that, you know? Who, 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 who can I place this business with so I can cross that threshold? You know, happens every single day and very few insurance, very few clients, very few business owners know that side of the insurance industry. And man, it just, it just makes me sick. I don't do that. You know, I don't even take all my clients to market every single year, you know, because if, if you're, if your company is being sent to market, five or six different carriers by two or three or four different brokers your company develops a reputation within within the insurance industry and you didn't do anything about it you know you didn't earn that reputation your agent did it to you you know so so that type of gamesmanship that type of stuff just makes me sick and I don't do it if if your policy looks good and your renewals coming in good and it's solid we're going to stick there you know, because if, 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 if I send your business into a company and they can see that they've looked at your company five years in a row with four different agents, they're going to look at them and be like, you know, we're not messing with this, you know, we'll send out a quote because we have to, but we don't really want that business, you know? So those little games, building those moats, blocking out competition, man, it makes me sick. And, and I just, I just don't do it. And, um, um. I, I don't like it. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. It, it's well, that's not fair
0: to you. It's like we talked about, that's what's going to put you eventually above the rest of them too. I mean, I would have never even known that uh, that's going on in the background, but it is a sales world. It kind of it reminds me yeah. of Wolf of Wall Street in a way. It, it kind of
1: is, you know, I mean, our, our industry rewards speed, not quality, mm-hmm. you know? And so if, if all of my competition is over here playing the speed game and trying to play this game, man, I'm going to come over here. I'm going to play my own game. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my people the right way. And we're not going to play that game, you know? And, and you know what? I encourage competition. Someone wants to come in and compete with me. Let's get it on. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm confident in what I do. I'm confident in my team. I'm confident in my relationships with the, with the carriers. Let's, let's play ball, you Mm -hmm. know? So, um, you know, it, that, it's, it's, it's just, it's opposite George. You know, we talk about that all the time, that, that episode of Seinfeld where George Cassandra just does the opposite of everything. And life just starts working out for him, you know, <laughs> taking the opposite George approach with so much of this and, and man, it works out it serves my people. Well,
0: Well, it's like, it's, it's in reflecting on on my business personally. I mean, and even in real estate too. I mean, if you take the time to actually go above and beyond for a customer, I actually just got a customer, uh, from in real estate, off of um, off an advertisement on social media, but not getting into that. Just they actually were with another real estate agent, and uh, they had a horrible experience. The agent didn't go above and beyond; it was more of a speed thing to try and make money right. off of them, get that commission. Right. And they saw it, they felt it, and then now they came back, found me, and I've been taking the time with them to find the exact right property. I've been honest with them up front. They put an offer on a house that, um, you know, was a good offer. And then the the seller came back at a high price and said, I'm not moving. I think my house is worth that. Well, what did I do? A lot of the typical agents would have said, oh, yeah, the seller's probably right. You should probably up your price to his price. You know, me, (laughs) I said, it ain't worth that. I was like, you can build a house for for, um, probably same as that. And then you can also put it on a similar lot as that, too. I was like, don't. Don't even, end, I go plus looking at that house and ain't, ain't, it's not worth that much money. So, yeah. you know, being honest with them on front, they appreciated that. And they even said it to me too, but even in the building industry, I mean, it's just taking the time to do things right. I, I've gotten three customers off of going through one of our houses while we were doing punch outs on one of our houses because they yeah. saw we marked up so much stuff. And I told them, I was like, as we were going in, I go, look at what I marked and see if you see what I see. And they'll look and they'll be like, well, what is it? Uh, so you don't see that little paint drop there? <laughs> you know, yeah. I want my yeah. painter to sand that down. I don't want to drop there. You know, and they're just like, right. this is what we want. This is right. what we like. Absolutely. We want somebody yep. that pays attention, you know? So it's a small details, man. It's a long-term, like we yeah. talked about big time. 100%. So 100%. I yeah. want to get into you. I've been asking this question to everybody lately and and it's... It's a, it's a good question here. I want to get into you personally. So you are part of an amazing company that you, you continue to grow as far as in insurance and, and with people more and more. What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or lives that can help us grow?
1: Oh, man. It's a big um,
0: one. Man,
1: we could do an hour on that dude, <laughs> by itself. Um, um, but, but, you know, two, two things, dude, ownership and intentionality, right? So, you know, on the, on the ownership front, you know, I, I'm sure you know who Jocko Willink is. And a lot mm-hmm. of your listeners probably know who Jocko is. And I'll actually see Jocko tonight when we're here in San Francisco. And, uh, um, I mean, that, that guy has, has changed my perspective on everything in life, you know. And, and his big thing is taking ownership. And, mm-hmm. you know, extreme ownership. I mean, everyone's heard that from Jocko, right? So, you know, even if you can't control, quote unquote, can't control um, what happens or how a situation goes or whatever, you can control how you respond to it, you know. Um, uh, Ed Milet, you know, one of the guys in the, the, the syndicate, him and Andy, you know, Ed's big thing is, you know, things happen to us, not, you know, things happen to, for, for us, not to us. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ed. <laughs> things happen to us, for us, not to us. Okay. So, you know, no, and no matter what that is in life, you know, things happen for us so that we can understand and we can learn and, and adapt and, and and even, you know, terrible, awful things, you know, you, you just look at what just happened with Kobe Bryant, you know, yeah. it's a terrible, terrible situation. You know, think about what that's done for everybody that has a daughter, you know, that that's really forced me to really focus in on, okay, I have to be much more, you know focused on my relationship with my daughter and my wife you know tragic awful terrible situation um but you know what it, it made me sad and 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 I, I've taken a lot of lessons from it you know mm-hmm. so you know that that just taking ownership over things and and, and it is is so huge um and you know just beyond that like I said intentionality you know intentionality about who your influences are you know um I was in the, I was in our, the Arte Accelerator last year, you know, and I hung out and I watched a lot and I really vetted Ed and Andy and a lot of the people that were in the syndicate. And and last March, I lost a deal to a competitor and that was it for me. I'm like, I'm not playing that game. I'm not going to have influences in my life that, that are not, that don't move me forward. And so I did everything I could to, to earn my way into the syndicate this year. And, and, and it's, it's, it's been so life-changing, you know, my, my clients are different. My friends are different. My mm-hmm. circles of influence are different, you know, and that's all intentional. You know, we can't just bob and weave through life, you know, and, and those, do, it, it hurts sometimes to, to put an end to the old and usher in the new, but man, it's so necessary for us mm-hmm. to do it. and. Um, um, so man, ownership over everything, intentionality about who you are, who's around you, you know, those have been such a huge impact for me just as a person, as a father, as a, as a husband and as a professional, you know, and, uh, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of people to thank, thank for that. And, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, Jocko, Ed, Andy, but you know, the people in the syndicate that are surrounding me now, you know, it's, it's just huge, man. It's huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time I ask that question, I love asking that question even even more and more because I get such good answers and they're all different too, but they're all such great answers. I'm going to compile them all into one thing eventually, you know, because it's so so great. But I mean, it's, it's what you said is spot on too. And especially, I mean, with just having, having that impact, even with the Kobe Bryant thing too, I mean, it's a shock to everybody, but, and I don't even think how I don't even think he knew how impactful he was too. I oh, mean, no. he was an impactful yeah. individual, but for for yeah. you to say like that whole situation with you and your daughter too and really realizing what you have and coming closer to her and I mean, how many other people did it impact that same way? It hit everybody in a bunch of different ways too, you know, because right. we we're right. not guaranteed full life on this earth. You don't know what's going to happen and absolutely you know, and that's that right there's proof of it too and the guy left behind a heck of a legacy too but not just as a basketball player but as a business person and and a family man too so absolutely yeah um but great answer to that one i also been asking this too because most people you know ask about your past or and what you did in the past uh, from that and i did in the beginning of this so I want to know your plans for the future, whether it's business life, where will Quentin Lovejoy love joy be in the future. Who will you be? Yeah. Um, man, some exciting stuff there. Um, <laughs> Five, 10 years from now, where do you see um, yourself? Yeah,
1: you know, I'm, I'm about to launch uh, some brand. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, first I've just, uh, um, I've been working through some branding projects. You know, crane is a great brand. It's a great, you know, it's a great uh, resource for me. Um, I have some things that I want to brand, you know, that, that influence me, that, that have influenced the way I do things. And, and so I want to create a brand around that, you know, just like a realtor might, you know, have a relationship with Remax, for instance, but they have their own brand. They have their own team, their own identity. Uh, we're, we're very close to a launch on that with myself and my team. And, and that's, that's going to be exciting from a, from a branding standpoint, from being able to put out some content and some things that people can, that can just help people day to day. Um, um so that's that's the most immediate thing that's about to happen um you know the the second thing that i'm really excited about is is that assessment that i was talking about there's i've got a project with a couple of guys in the syndicate and and we're going to uh um we're, we're launching an, an, an initiative that can completely disrupt my industry you know and the way the way insurance is, is written the way that it is uh uh, analyzed and presented to the marketplace and vice versa how the marketplace provides feedback back to agents you know um it's it's just i showed the concept to to a guy at our very first syndicate meeting uh last uh september and uh uh he was like oh yeah we could do this on a web-based application no problem and i'm like wow okay you know I have a hard time, you know, updating my Facebook profile pic and this guy's telling me that we can automate these processes and do all this stuff and collect data and do lead gen and I'm like, sweet, let's do it, you know, <laughs> so so we're, we're gaining some traction on that right now. So that's got me pretty excited. And, uh, you know, without, without my team behind me, I couldn't remove 2% of that focus that's required for my clients. You know, and put it over here into these projects that will ultimately benefit
0: my clients. You know, mm-hmm. so
1: um, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 excited about those things right off the bat.
0: Awesome, man, awesome. So I always ask this as my last and final question: What exactly do people need to look for when hiring a commercial insurance agent, and why should they <laughs> choose Quentin Lovejoy as their insurance agent of choice?
1: Man, um, man, I'm just good looking. I mean, I think that's <laughs> what i <I'm playing. laughs> um, You know, my, my number one mission, you know, really is to, to change how the insurance market um, has been presented to, to clients and prospects and to change how those clients and prospects have been in, presented to the insurance market. You know, that's a two-way street. And so many prospects, so many clients feel like it's just a one-way street that just benefits the insurance companies and they just Mm -hmm. have to write that premium check every month and they hate it, you know? Mm -hmm. And my goal is to change that experience. You know, Um, you know, I've talked about it. Every one of my clients will tell you, they've never been asked the questions that we ask. They've never been presented with the process that we present. Um, They've never been advocated for as strongly as we advocate for our clients In the insurance industry, and to to our insurance carrier partners, you know, um, we have that proprietary process. We have that secret sauce. I've worked for an insurance company, so like I said, I know how they think. I know why they think it. Um, I know how to leverage the insurance industry's business model in favor of my clients. You know, I know their business model. I know their loss ratios. I know their 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 goals and their objectives. And I know how to leverage all that stuff. I've been in the belly of the beast. I know how to maneuver within it. I know how to operate inside of it. So, you know, that, and I I keep going back to my team, you know, they are, they are amazing. You know, I couldn't do what I do, what I do without my team. So, I mean, that's, that's what we're about, man. That's, that's what we do. So
0: awesome man awesome this has been great so much great information as always and it's and it was thanks for taking the time to come on Too. you bet Um, happy to do it yeah i appreciate it i know you're a busy guy and now you're you're always traveling you're in san francisco now so last and final thing because i know you're on social media so where can people connect with you and i know you got some stuff like you said coming up in the future too uh as far as social media and everything so where can people find you
1: yeah, that, uh, that future stuff, we'll be blasting it out on social media once it launches. Um, I'm on all, all the typical platforms, you know, IG, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find me at QLoveJoy on all of those. Um, not doing TikTok yet, you know. have to have my daughter show me how to use that, you know, but uh, you're not going to get a lot of rap videos out of me or whatever. Whatever the heck goes on over there, um, you won't find me there. But, yeah, IG, excuse me, IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, QLoveJoy, you can find me there. My email is qlovejoy at craneagency.com. And uh, you can always – anybody can call or text my cell anytime, 816-390-6835. Uh, that, that bad boy is strapped to my, to my hip 24 hours a day. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to help anybody any, any way, big or small, that I can. So
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Quentin, yep. thanks again, man. This has been a ton of value on a topic that, you know, I – actually enjoyed to hear myself being in the construction industry so i really appreciate you coming on you bet man i
1: appreciate you having me it was a lot of fun appreciate it yeah
0: this was awesome so thanks again and i will see you guys on the next episode thank you so much for listening to this episode of the real build And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.